step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to episode number two of Infinite Wisdom, my podcast. And it is with great pleasure that I introduce my next guest. I am a big movie fan, as you well know, and there are is nobody I'd rather talk to than a director of a movie because I think what directors do is remarkably beyond my capacity to comprehend. I don't know how they juggle all the balls in the air that they do when they do it. And Simon Curtis, the man that is sitting to my left, has done that with the excellently exquisite movie Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Simon Curtis, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's nice to be here. First question always to a director is why this project and how long had this project been in your head? Why did you choose to go this route? First of all, I'll tell you a secret about directing, which is choose the best people and let them get on with their work. Uh, The best actors and the best script and the best uh, crew. And I was very, very blessed uh, in all those uh, departments on this film. And unlike my previous two films, uh, My Week with Marilyn and A Woman in Gold, that I sort of willed into existence because I was very passionate about those subjects, this uh, is a script that came to me. And... uh, I immediately loved it. Is that different for you then? That like so, your week with Marilyn, for example. I this got to happen. This got to happen, and I'm going to drive it. I'm going to drive. This one comes to you. You're off the throttle a little bit. Well, no, because once you then come on board, you then go on that same crazy journey to try and cast it and get it across the starting line. But I would have thought this would have because for those that don't know, good goodbye, Christopher Robin uh, about A. A. Milne and the Winnie the Pooh books and movies, et cetera, everything, that creation, I would have thought that you would have been obsessed with Winnie the Pooh as a child and your whole life you had in your mind. If I ever could do this, I'm going to do it because it felt like that. Oh, but I'm, 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 I think that's a good thing it feels like that. But no, I mean, I, you know, I cherish, like most people do, memories of my parents reading me Winnie the Pooh as, I mean, I was a child. But I wasn't one of those obsessives. Uh, but I, I just loved this script because it did get behind the curtain to tell you about how the family, the Milne family, lived at the time Winnie the Pooh was written. But it also seemed to be a script about so much else as well. I mean, Christopher Robin, you could argue, was the first ever child celebrity. Uh, I hadn't realized that Winnie the Pooh, uh, the stories became so famous so quickly because they were a way for readers to reconnect with the innocence uh, uh, before the trauma of World War One, And that A.A. Milne himself was suffering from what we now know to be as PTSD. Um, but really, it's a film about family and the the the, the vital importance of cherishing your family uh, while they're around. So the movie, obviously, that's going to come up as you continue to promote this film is Saving Mr. Banks. One of the differences I find here is that in that story, I can relate totally because my kids love Mary Poppins. My wife loves Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins is as fresh today as she ever was. I have young kids. We're not a Winnie the Pooh family. And so I, for me, I would think one of the challenges you had is you've got to get people to understand just how big this was when we are a generation removed from that. Uh, well, no, I mean, because we're about the fifth generation. It was the 1920s. And uh, recently, uh, Winnie the Pooh was, was voted the most popular children's book of all time. 
So you may not be a Winnie the Pooh family, but a lot of families still are. Is it is in like in Europe? Is it still massively huge, or has has it waned? No, I mean I think it's one of those things that you know children are read it by their parents, and when they become parents, they read it to them. And uh, it's also the kind of book that feels different at different points in your life at different ages. Uh, and uh, you know I've been amazed how passionate people feel about Winnie the Pooh. A journalist came in last week wearing his Winnie the Pooh t-shirt, uh, carrying a, a, a toy Eeyore that he, uh, you know, I mean, so uh, there's there's a lot of passion for these stories. So one of the challenges here, I would think, is that the real life people, like everybody, very complicated, very complex, but they're not who we want them to be. I think Christopher Robin's mother, for example, is not who we wish that she was. You've got to have them not necessarily likable, but we have to at least understand where they're coming from. Yeah, and I mean, it makes it challenging. It is challenging, but they're very much parents in that class at that time, where it was perfectly natural for parents to hand the baby over to a nanny and you know wait for the wedding. I mean, really. I mean, I know someone who was brought up at that time who says he only remembers his mother touching him once. You know, and uh, but they, you know, when they're uh, these parents, when they are with the boy, they they are very attentive and adore him. And they're always sure that he's got a lovable, loving nanny uh, looking after him. So if you don't get the right people here, as you said, forget it, you're doomed. The casting is interesting because Margot Robbie, we're all thinking Suicide Squad or Wolf of Wall Street. Well, this isn't that, obviously. Can she pull this thing off? And one of the things about it is, A, yes, I think she pulls it off. But B, because it's not a likable character, I don't know if that lends to it or not. Am I reading too far into this that... I'm looking at her going, here's what I know about her before. This isn't that, and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it off the top, but I'm not sure I'm supposed to be comfortable with this character anyway. Right. I mean, I think uh, Margot is a brilliant actress, and she was very bold about taking on this part, both the likable and the, the I wouldn't say unlikable, but she just isn't a mother in, uh, in the way modern mothers behave. But that's the point. And uh, I think that uh, Christopher Robin wrote about his mother later in life. And he said that you know, she was only around for half an hour after breakfast and half an hour before bedtime. But during those two half hours, she was absolutely adorable. And, you know, in the, in the film, she's the one who buys the toys, gives him the toys, uh, gives them voices to start with. And, you know, you can see the joy she has in her son. So uh, it may not be a modern portrait of a mother, but uh, I think it's an accurate, as I say, of a mother in that class at that time. Am I wrong when you decide this is what we're going to do? I'm going to take this project on. Is the first thing you say is unless we get the guy to play Melnitz, the right guy, we're doomed? Yeah, but I mean, in, in this case, that that's certainly true. And I was very blessed to, to get Donald Gleason, who seems to be in every film released at the moment. But is and that's that, that's for a reason. But he's a brilliant actor and a very smart guy. But also in this, we had to find a nine-year-old boy to play Christopher Robin. I mean, and that's less easy because. You know, when you're going for actors, you can see their work and so on. But this boy, um, uh, Will, uh, had never acted before, not even in a school play. Uh, But the last time I cast a nine-year-old who'd never acted before, it was Daniel Radcliffe in his first job. So that gave me confidence. You've directed a number of, you've directed just about everybody, it seems like. But the one I want to talk about briefly is the woman who I believe is going to win the Best Actress Award this year. It's not for this film, but Sally Hawkins. I, I don't think there's even a question that she's going to win it for mom. I haven't seen that film, but phenomenal. Uh, You're going to love it. But. Uh, I, I adore Sally. And uh, if she wins it, I'm sure she deserves it. 
So for let's just hypothetically say that happens as a guy who's worked with her, you just gonna have a warm feeling here and say, "Yeah, beautiful way to go, Sally." Of course, yeah. You're gonna go. I should have put Sally. Sally, we're gonna do another thing. Or we, how does it go? Oh, I mean, you know, I I, I I was very blessed to work with her uh, at the BBC. Uh, I guess about ten years ago, um, and I'd be blessed to work with her again. What are you prepared for? as you talk to people about this movie, because whenever someone has an attachment to something like Winnie the Pooh, like Mary Poppins, just for it as an example, they have preconceived notions that they don't want you shattering. A lot of people that don't know the story here want these guys to be an idyllic family that he loved his son to the nth degree and he did this for his son and his son was all in. And when it's not that, they don't like that. Have people yeah, given but, uh, you uh, a little bit of, hey? Uh, well, I think just people are really interested and they appreciate the accuracy of it and the complexity of it. You know, life is complicated. And the book, the Winnie the Pooh books will stand you know, on their own terms in their own right for all time. Uh, and a friend of mine who's an, a fellow director told me a story that when he was a child, he was taken to meet the real Christopher Robin uh, at the bookshop he owned. And he happily signed a copy of Winnie the Pooh for him. So that made me feel, you know, that there was a happy ending. I was stunned that he, when we found this out, that he opened a bookstore. I yeah. mean, he yeah. Yeah, yeah, sort he'd... of destroyed him and then books brought him back. Yeah, but, you know, it, as the film shows, uh, they didn't destroy him. I mean, you know, the, the fame that came with it was unwelcome, but they came through it, you know, and there were a lot of positives too. And, you know, unlike a lot of people, he had some wonderful times with his parents, you know, and uh, that they're the memories he cherishes. He says in the film, I had a wonderful childhood, you know, and uh, that's what we hope to show. And the heart of the film are the father and son playing in the woods in this idyllic England. And uh, I'm very proud of those sequences. The thing that gets me and the best compliment I can give you on this is that when it's over, I then go home and we're talking to my wife about this. And I want to fix what what you presented to me, not the movie, but the real story. Like, why could the father not sit down with the son and yeah. say, hey, well, look. But that's an important uh, point. And in this day and age where you just see parents everywhere in, looking at their smartphones rather than looking at their kids, you know. Uh, uh, and I think this is a, a time you reminder to cherish the kids when they were around because as the nanny says in the film, you never know what happens next. Is it a challenge in 2017 to to put together a film that has no nudity, that has, I don't think, any swearing. There's no guns. There's no shoot-em-ups, bang-em-ups. Well, there is a gun. Um, but, uh, well, I think there was a lot of interest. A little bit of the, the opening World War One. scene. Yeah, I, there, there, there's, I think there's a, a lot of interest in this subject. And uh, we were blessed with Fox Searchlight, the studio, who, who supported it all the way through. Uh, what do you want people to take from uh, this movie when they go see it? Well, I want them to think about their own childhoods. And, you know, it's... Uh, a powerful film about parents and children. And as I say, I think if they just spend a bit more time uh, with their children and a bit little less time on their laptops, then I'd be pleased with that. Two questions I never uh, let a director get away from me without asking. One is, who is the director that inspired you, if there was one? Um, well, I love those American films of the 70s, the Scorsese and the Altman and Woody Allen and, I mean, all those films. But Terrence Malick was a, 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 a director uh, the DP and I watched uh, uh, when we were making this film. So I suppose hopefully there's a bit of him in there. Because why? Well, Tree of Life and that sort of dreamy sequences, you know, and uh, we wanted those time in, times in the woods to have that. And we were very lucky because we were filming in the actual Ashdown Forest. So when they're playing poo sticks on the, the bridge, that's the actual bridge that 
Milne and Christopher would have invented the game on. And uh, when they're sitting on the rock at the end, that rock is actually has a sign on it dedicated to A. Milne. So that was quite moving. Well, in the movie when you do, and then I'll get to my second question, but you you don't really show the books per se and the storylines that are in the books. A, I assume that was a conscious decision because we're not doing the Winnie the Pooh movie. But when you sort of show Christopher Robin morphing into a almost cartoon character and then morphing back, I thought very effective, very almost weird but neat. How did that come to be? Was that your idea? Oh, yeah, it was just something we sort of experimented with. But, you know, we wanted to see because Ernest Shepard, who did the famous drawings, was part of the creation. And he was there and he was seeing real life and making it into a sort of artistic impression of real life and so we wanted to do a version of that goodbye christopher robin is the film what's the thing you learned either about winnie the pooh or any of these characters that you went well as i say i think the fact that the books were a way for people to recapture the innocence before the trauma of world war one and i think you know we live in troubled times now and i hope this film can have a similar effect did Milne understand that implicitly when he did these, as, to your knowledge, or did was he as surprised as anybody that they took off like they did? Oh, I'm, no one could have predicted the success. You know, I mean, it was unprecedented. You know, and uh, I just think there was something about the tone of them that just connected with people, and I don't think anyone could be prepared for that. Uh, my second question is not what's your favorite movie of all time, but what's the movie as a director that you look at and say, "Man, I wish I directed that because that director nailed this thing. He got it right." Um, I, I, I don't know the exact answer, but two films, both by the same director that come to mind are uh, Jerry Maguire and Almost Famous by uh, Cameron Crowe. I love those two films. I'm going to have to make you pick. Which one's better? I mean, come on. You can't just throw that out like that. Okay. Almost Famous. <laughs> See, that's – I got a British director here, and I'm thinking – I'm assuming you're going to say something Kubrick. Yeah. I, I don't know where yeah. you're going, but yeah. that comes out of nowhere. That's why yeah. I love – Yeah. It's – I asked another director who will remain nameless who inspired him as a director, and it was a throwaway 70s drive-in movie director. I'd never heard of the person. Right, right, right. I'm like, what? Yeah. But you never know what, yeah. what motivates yeah. somebody and yeah. what moves somebody, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. pretty good. Do you know what's coming next? Everybody asks you, I know. but Yeah, there's a couple of things, but since uh, may, they may collapse, I don't want to embarrass myself by saying it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your candor on that. I look forward to whatever it is. Goodbye, Christopher Robin is the movie. Congratulations on it. Thank you. Uh, How many hours do you think you put into this thing overall? Oh, well, at least two years. Just let that sink for a minute. Mm. Because it's amazing. Because you, you put in two years of your life, and it's all day, every day. Yeah. Somebody sees it for 90 minutes and then they yeah. go, hey, nice job. And they walk yeah. away. Yeah, but there have been a lot of tears at the at screenings of this film so far uh, and hope in a good way. But uh, I think it has an impact because I think it's a, it, it's a warm and complicated film. Uh, and uh, I'm thrilled by the way audiences are reacting so far. Simon Curtis, thanks for uh, stopping by Infinite Wisdom. Congratulations on the movie and good luck going forward. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.